Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. And greetings, gardening lovers. Do hope you've been enjoying this incredible autumn weather. A little bit of rain, a little bit of sun. It's been absolutely heaven. And the team is ready. Welcoming Bev Darren. Bev, Bev Daring. Bev will answer your calls this morning. And John Glidden will yet again assist us with whatever we throw at him, which is generally quite a lot. You can give Bev a call now. Our lines are open, 94841927. And a big shout-out to the debonair one, Alan Simons, for entertaining us with his consistently clever wit, humour and music choices, Peter Kelly. He's also a really good gardener himself. He supported Alan today. So thank you, boys. And not to forget our cycling DJ, Jim Crinan, who wrapped up breakfast just now with cycling. Jim will return next week. Fayakara, it's been a big week in the gardening world. We have so much to get through. Uh, um, everyone sort of fasten your seatbelts. Uh, yeah, we've got a lot to, to power through today and great information. But, you know, of course, the big news being the Garden Festival, the Perth Garden Festival is on right now till tomorrow. Well, we did our bit yesterday, Surely didn't we, Ray? we did. We covered a lot of ground yesterday. Faye's got an amazing orange hat. She's wearing it in the studio right now. It looks fantastic. Bought that yesterday. Well, we, we couldn't just buy plants. We stimulated the economy and we just had do. a great fun day out, catching up with a few people. It was Seeing great. some plants, buying some plants, picking mm. up some plants at yeah. Parcel Pickup. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed uh, catching up with a few people and, you know, a few of the exhibitors there support the station like Green Life Soil Co was there as well and Mark Tuchek was there, Tucker Bush and uh, Very Grow was there Ramiz, good on you Very Grow he had a chat with him, caught up with you know people that do support Let's Talk Gardening program most important and there's something for everyone there, isn't, sure isn't is. there? Yeah. Products and pots and plants and people. And it's such a big venue. You can just uh, meander around. It's not all squashed together. And um, I, I really like that. And you can just, you need a few hours. And there's lots of food vans, wasn't there? And there's lots of places there to sit. Yeah, so it was really well set out. And uh, the parking uh, flows. And uh, it was very busy yesterday morning when we got there, uh, as you would expect. Uh, but and I believe, yeah, I think the weather will be fabulous by this afternoon. Like well, I think the rain's kind of looks like it's pretty much finished. Well, you know, you put on your boots and, and off you go. Take your brolly yeah. and off you go. And it's I'm hoping. I think a lot of people might take. I hear people are taking their mums there for Mother's Day. You know, That's what a nice, nice outing. Yeah, yeah. So. And the big news, we're chatting with Costa Georgiadis in just a few minutes, actually, and we're going to see Costa is here in Perth today. 
Uh, he's got some special events on during the day and a dinner tonight, of which you and I are attending. Yes. We bought tickets uh, a while back, didn't we? We did. Um, I hope he'll be able to put his feet up, Ray, and know, or kick such... his heels up, just yeah, have a wind a, down. No busy... pressure to yeah. perform or talk, although yeah. I'm sure he's going to get involved. Yeah, people <laughs> always just, I always feel sorry for him. I think everybody wants a little piece of Costa. And of course he, he gives it to He doesn't seem to mind. I know, just, I know, he doesn't. He's a bit of a wizard, really, isn't he? Yeah. Like, he just emits passion and love yes. and positivity and yeah. wherever he goes he he just sprinkles his like fairy dust it is yeah and we've got two great guests as well we're talking about bonsais today with mark widmer and we have a, an amazing guest coming into the studio nikki waters from gold leaf greenhouse now if you're growing indoor plants collecting plants and you have special plants uh, we're going to hear all about what we need to know. She's going to be joining us in the studio from 20 to 9. And I believe she's really, really excited. Let's just squeeze in this uh, phone call uh, before we speak to Costa. Dorothy, good morning. Morning, good Dorothy. Morning. Uh, hi. Good morning, Fran, right? Yes, um, what happened is that 9 o'clock on Friday morning, I went out there to get my mail, and as I was going out there, I noticed... A red brick uh, in my um, outside in on my patio, you know, the front one at the porch as you're going out. I noticed there was um, a hole in my red brick in the the red brick in my um, house, you know, outside. Anyway, what happened is I saw this little, I saw this black thing. I said, oh, it might be a baby snake. Oh gosh! Anyway, so what I did, I went, I went over there, and I. Picked it up. <gasps> I picked it up on my keys. Oh, on my keys. I picked it up. You know, you know, you've got a part of your key that you can lay out flat. Yes. And so I picked it up on that, and and I turned it over, and it had a hundred legs. There you go. <laughs> I said, I Did you count them all? <laughs> Was it round? The thing is that no, no, no. That's the millipede one. Oh, okay. Right. That was a millipede. The the um centipede is long and it's um black. It's um it's lightly, you know, it's um shiny, very, very shiny, it's very, very fast. I hope you got a photo, Dorothy. No, I didn't get a photo of it. I just was I was just so um petrified. I just, um, you know, because I thought, you know, I'll, I'll grab it on the thing, so I grabbed it and I threw it into a palm tree. That was oh, there. well done, and Dorothy. Funny feeling. It could be, it could be um, a bird might have dropped it. I don't know. Oh, they the they tend that. to be ground dwellers. Often they'll be under logs or rocks in the garden, and they're predators. They're certainly a good guy to have in your garden. So that was a lovely experience. Yeah. So what I was going to say is that, so the little children, you know, there might be little children around, and and you know the, you know, because. Little children about two and three, they're life, life exploring, you yeah, know. So well, I, t- right. I tell you what, Dorothy, we've got someone on the line who is a great advocate for gardening and yeah, the insect world <laughs> and children. And we he's to waiting right to talk now. to us. And I'm sure he'll have something to say about your wonderful centipede find. So we'll share that with Costa in just a moment, Dorothy. All right, then. Thank you. Thanks for your call. And yes, we do have Costa Georgiadis from Gardening Australia Online. Good morning, Costa. You are with Ray and Faye, and thank you for holding. 
Ah, not a problem. Good morning, Ray. Hello, Faye. Hello. Your voices and uh, so chuffed to be back in your part of the world. I love it here. When did you jet in? It would have to have been yesterday. Last night. Last night, actually. Yeah, yeah. And... um, yeah, it's it, it poured at, at one stage last night up here, but now it's like clear and I'm watching a massive flock of black cockatoos oh. just squawking past like naughty teenagers just saying, oh, oh yeah. I was out all night. <laughs> that, that's a sign. You're, you've been yeah. welcomed to WA. Yeah. Oh, wow, you should see them. I'm just looking out the window and they're swooping and... There's, oh, God, I, I, I would have lost count at 100 at this stage. Oh, now, poor Dorothy. She, I think she was a little bit worried about that centipede if a, ch- a child had found it. But what what would be your message about centipedes in the garden and, and children, Costa? Look, my approach to anything like that is information is key. And children love to understand and the more you can explain to them the more you can illustrate what they are make a project of it go go inside afterwards and look up a bit of information yeah. and really give them that perspective so that they understand mm. that nothing's bad it's mm. just it's just does its role it does its job and mm. and that that side of biodiversity um is so critical for children's thinking they understand their position in in the food chain and in the ecosystem and that things are things have incredible engineering and incredible design like i'm i'm so uh amazed at our shorebirds and today is um world migratory um shorebird day and when you know whether you go into the machinations of a of a centipede or you start to go into the engineering of a shorebird and that you know they they fly 10,000 kilometers twice a year they they literally land within 100 meters of where they were born every wow. year to, wow. to roost again like mm. these little details and you think yeah. nature's intelligence is so beyond us. I agree. I agree. It's beyond our comprehension. Well, Millie mm-hmm. brought the shorebirds to light, didn't she, following her her journey around Australia oh. in her microlight plane. And I know you've been a big fan of hers and, and helped the rest yeah. of us to learn yeah, about them too. Well, that's it. it she, she's such a, uh, a, a, a captivating story. And I, I was just talking to her last night, actually. She's on leg 30. So from the time she left Perth, she's on her 30th leg. She's just landed in Rockhampton and she's got another, um, so she did 24 back to Newcastle and then she's got another 36 legs to get all the way back to to us here in Perth. And, you know, you you think about that and the awareness she's raising, but it's not just about the birds, it's the wetlands, but it's not just the wetlands, it's the trees. And the trees rely on the landscape and the landscape is reliant on, Mm. on how we treat the catchments and all of the, all of these details. And, and, you know, they travel along these flyways and there's a new film that I, I went to the premiere and did the Q and a with the, with the director called flyways. And I, I'm, I'm sure it's, um, it's, it's going to premiere out here in um, Perth shortly. There's, there's a tour going on at the moment, but it's a must see. And the, the good thing about it, when you see it in the cinema, 
you can really immerse in the landscape and really feel the, the, the travel and understand their details. And, you know, us gardeners, we immerse and, yeah. and we immerse in nature and, and, and these sorts of things, they're not, they're not out of our lane. Like the stuff that Millie's doing, the, the, the story of the flyways, um, the story of our wetlands, it, it's our business. And the story of the centipedes, as Dorothy said, you know, when, when we, if we change one part, we affect every part, mm. even down to a centipede, you, you know, and, and, and having that capacity to see the, the beauty and the importance of every, every insect, every invertebrate, every predator, every high-end mm. predator right through to, to humans and right down into our oceans. Like, as gardeners, we, we, can, we can connect with that and then if we connect and understand it, and the more that, that, that Dorothy's grandchild understand it, then they will stand up for it and they'll protect it and they'll fight for it and say no more encroachment on our Ramsar wetlands. You know, I hope so, Costa. Freaky, you know? Yeah. And, and it's frustrating when you hear these political oh, yeah. decisions mm-hmm. when, when we're, we're part of a treaty, part of a convention of 21 nations, and we want to sort of go, oh, well, we'll just let this happen and another cut here and another, another little, just a little bit. So... Mm. You, you know, it's, it's like these things are all connected in my world and I, and I love joining those dots with people. Yeah, for, absolutely. It sits you back on your pants, actually, when you explain it like that. Costa, what brings you to Perth, Squire? Well, you know, Mandy and Andrew up at the Calamunda Garden Festival, I, they're, they're such wonderful advocates for gardening. Yeah. And, and, you know, they've been growing that event and it's not just about an event. They're, they're so intimately hopeful for everything around gardening and, and the whole gardening industry. And, mm. and they, they want that to, to grow in a way that people connect with the local speakers, local specialists, local growers and, and it's, anything I can do to support them and, and they want to sort of give all of those supporters a chance to come to an event where it's a bit smaller, you know, and yeah. they can hear some talks and be a bit more personal and intimate. Yeah. Um, and they, they wanted to try this and say, let's do an event. And, you know, they said to me, you know, how, how would you feel about that? And I said, anything to support you guys. Mm. And so, um, so yeah, they, they put together this, this day of talks um, called Growing with Costa. And, you know, I start off doing a, a talk with the children for a couple of hours and then there's two daytime talks and Trevor Cochran is going to join um, you, sort mm-hmm. of join me and, mm-hmm. and be able to um, run, run solos beside me around, you know, more local specifics. And, and we're going to sort of use my book as, as a framework for the... Yeah. The, the talks and, yeah. and then there's an event in the evening with Charlie McGee um, and um, as well the wonderful Sue from your botanic gardens yeah. yes um, she's she's coming along and and going to have a talk and there'll be music and you know the evening one is more you know a, a, a another chat but a social relaxed. thing relaxed are you going to perform for us Costa look um <laughs> I, I, look if Charlie brings a saxophone I'm sure I'll uh, 
Yeah. Oh, I'd love so to see that. I'll put a bit of CO2 in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Faye and I are actually coming along this evening, so we look forward, oh, we look forward to that. And if, if yeah. listeners would like to get along, how do they do they just simply go to the Kalamunda Gardening Facebook page? Yeah, that, that would be the best bet. And, yeah. And, there's still a few tickets left for Butte. Um, for, for tonight. The, oh, brilliant. The, the day is, is, is um, allocated, which, you know, is great in that sense of, of just people. I, I think, uh, I think I, it's, nice, it's nice that that energy around gardening is there, that, that, and now that, that hunger for, for getting there and doing workshops face-to-face and connecting with people face-to-face after the last couple of years, it's, yeah. it's really nice to be back um, with people. And yeah, we're hungry for it, Costa. Mm. Yeah, you know, people did a lot online in that time, and they they built they built their their excitement around topics. But there's so many there's so many opportunities now for people to get out and 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 hear and see firsthand, and that that's what it's all about. I mean, that's what. You know, all your listeners, they want to do things. They're doers and, and they want to learn. And I, I'm pretty sure that Andrew will be there giving you the wrap-up because we were only allowed to have 10 minutes with you and we're coming oh, pretty right. close no, to no. that. <laughs> when, uh, when is your... As you, when... For you two, as long as you like. I love... I love. <laughs> you know, and I, I mean, I, I was at the National Waste Conference during the week and, and there, there was a couple of people that have been involved in in building building that story around sustainability. Peter Rutherford at the Kimbricky Eco House and Garden, which is the resource recovery centre in northern the northern beaches area. And, and then there was another stalwart of the industry that established an, uh, um, an education centre at one of the, the, well, what you'd call a tip. And that, they'd both retired. And, and it's like, you know, 23 years and 43 years of experience. Wow. And, and and like you know, in terms of gardening over here, your your show has been it's an anchor, and and people know it, and and mm. and I think in these times when when things are uncertain on, on mm. lots of levels, it's really nice that that you provide this certainty, and gardening is is a certainty, even though there's challenges and we face always the yeah. unknown, uh, yeah, but for sure, but you know the certainty of being able to tune in and, and, you know, nowadays you can listen to it afterwards, which is well, another yeah. bonus because you don't miss out. It's sort of whereas before you did, you go, oh, well, I wasn't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't listen to it from, from eight till nine. Uh, oh, well, I'll have to wait till next week. But it's great that, you, you know, all the people you talk to and all the, all the questions that people ask, that's your biggest resource, yes. you know, because then people hear, one of us ask the question and you rattle an answer out and they go, right, that's it. And it's, it's wonderful that, that you're, because I mean, I think back to the first time I came over, which was quite some time ago back in my SBS days. And, and, you know, I, I remember coming over to the uni and, 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 you know, it's just, it's just great that, that you and like, like Peter and the, and the, the, uh, the other advocate, Mark, up in, in Lismore, you, you know, everything else goes on, but there's there's these anchor lines that people come back to. And, no, I really appreciate the chance to, to chat whenever I'm here. 
I do have a couple of minutes, uh, Costa, so that we could clear a sponsor bracket. Would you be able to chat just for a few minutes more on the other yeah, side? Sure. All right, no you're worries. a champion. Okay, stay with us. All righty. Costa, are you there? Sorry to do that to you, Squire. No, not at all. It's 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 part of it's part of the deal, and you know, good on those sponsors. We we need them to, we to keep certainly you guys do. going. We certainly do. Uh, it was interesting what you were saying just before the break. Uh, I think when COVID first hit here in Perth, I think we there was a lot of fear around it, and I know at the time some people were pulling back from the radio station, and we did keep this station running. And Faye and I just made that decision that we were going to come show up, get up, dress up and be here every Saturday. Not only just because we needed to be here, but because we knew that uh, people out there needed to have something. Yeah, as you say, uh, yeah. you know, we provide, we, we, we hope that we were helping We others. were actually classed as an essential, essential service, workers. right? I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it sounds funny, but, you know, it, it's 100% true and, and we were the same too at, at Gardening Australia with our filming, but yeah. it was a little different because we had to we had to bear that in mind, but not stick it in the face of people yeah. and be out there filming on the street or be out there in a public place because people would then you know gather because they're not doing anything, mm. so they'd see a camera and they'd come. So see what we actually on. did, and and we were really thankful. There was we ended up filming in a lot of kind of gardens and and nursery even nurseries and and wholesale nurseries where you know there was no one there and and we could film but we weren't in that public sort of well why are you out and we're not sort of thing yeah. and and it was it was really lovely to see that generosity particularly like we did a bit of filming I'm trying to think I, su- I suppose I'd compare it like the north the northwest of Sydney, like up where all the nurseries are in in Jural and and Galston and things like that, um, probably the similar to being up here in the hills. And there's also bigger blocks up there with bigger gardens, and so we could just yes. do, um, do things up there yeah. without without being sort of almost arrogant yes. to, to be out while others couldn't. And exactly. you know, you guys being on air. Uh, like I said before, that that was like an anchor. It was a certainty that people could yeah. lean on, and and it's a it's a beautiful thing. And and thank you both for 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 making that decision because you know when things go down, and and I know that there's a few events that have been on my calendar for a long time. Mm. Um, some some events and some organisations, they just didn't have the fat. To, um, correct, to take yeah, the hits correct. and they've gone under, yes, you know, and not correct. not that I want to be negative, but um, there was that side to it too. Mm-hmm. You guys, there there was that side, and and um, yeah, some things couldn't. Many, you know, many businesses, as you know, didn't make it through, and uh, but uh, the business of gardening got so many of us through, and it was incredible to um, it was incredible to see the uh, the the way uh, people. People not only needed it, but but opened up and were were, were part of that that community online. It surge of uh, new gardeners that came doesn't appear to, to have front. gone away. What is this? Um, we call it obsession, but what is this gardening interest that has escalated since COVID? And I know most things in life are cyclical, but 
is this is this one of them? Are we in a bubble, or it just seems like it, we go from strength to strength? And uh, Faye and I, I know uh, we we uh, what's what's the word? Faye? Enablers, enablers right? with each other. But oh, you know, and everyone we meet, the the gardening industry is just absolutely buzzing. Yeah, yeah, and I I, I think you know the 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 reason it's not going away is that people not only tapped into it, but with the current situation, they realised that um, the the pressures uh, the pressures around it, yeah, the pressures around around you know the cost of living and so on. There's actually mm. a real there, there, there's a real dollars and cents makes sense. It, it yeah. makes sense to grow your own food, grow mm. your own food, and it, it's not sort of like this this feel-good kind of, mm. you, you know, voyeur thing. Oh, yeah, you grew a couple of radishes, mate. Yeah, short, like, short-term and a lettuce. Fix, like, yeah. mm. No, it, it's actually but, – but, but I think the underpinning of it is that is the therapeutic aspect and the mental health benefits, and, and that is, me, that is embedded mm. in those actual financial savings that you get because you're not you're not – spending your time or your money or your energy on things to distract those difficulties. You're actually resting in the well, garden. We even. know that it ticks all the boxes, and that's, of course, what your talks are today, aren't they, Costa? Growing with Costa. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, it's kind of um, – oops, I just, uh, I just pulled my earbuds out. Um, yeah, it's, it's sort of – well, Andrew came up with the idea of just – Sort of shaping it a little bit around um, the chapters in my book, and just having that as a structure, but very loosely. But then, you know, I mean, effectively, that's what it's about. It's it's, it's about growing, growing plants, growing community, growing biodiversity, growing corridors, and and connections within our ecosystems, and understanding all of that. So, so there's really broad opportunity to cover so much. Oh, it's very exciting. I, I cannot believe how much time you've given us this morning and we're, we're very grateful. I know our listeners grateful, are too. Grateful, privileged, thank they you. They love to hear from you and I know you're going to have a fantastic day and we really look forward to seeing you tonight, Costa. Oh, look, thank you uh, so much, Ray and, and Faye. And, yeah, I'll see you tonight and to, to all your listeners, um, yeah, keep... <laughs> Keep on gardening. <laughs> I know that sounds a bit sounds a bit like a cliche, but I, I think we all know that uh, that it's it's just the best thing we can do during during these times. Yeah, when, it's, when it's the answer. You know, mm-hmm. it is an answer, and it's an answer to questions we don't even quite have yet because I there's agree. so much to learn. Yeah. You know, every yeah. day. Like, oh, that's one hundred percent. You've been absolutely a breath of fresh air, as you always are, Costa. I know you've got a busy day. We will let you go and uh, move on to your next task. Look forward to catching you tonight. Go well today. And, uh, Thanks, Eve. All the best. All right, we will see you uh, okay, soon. Then. Thanks, Thank Costa. Thank you for your time. Bye. See ya. Bye, love. Bye. Bye. Costa Georgiadis. Wow, he is so generous. I was told 10 minutes, Ray, and yeah. I thought we were really, really going to have to stick to that 10 I minutes. Did but too. he he kept it going. Uh, he did. He did. But that's, that's oh, it's like awesome. who he is, He's isn't so it? generous. He's so positive and passionate and...
such a, a I, wealth of knowledge. He makes me feel, even when I've been in his chats, this is what he does. I feel calmer. Mm. <laughs> he does. He makes me feel calm. I, it zens me just listening to him. I, what, what is that? I yeah. can't wait to hear him on the saxophone tonight. Wow. Yeah, he's a man <laughs> of many hidden talents. That, oh, he is. You know, that Multi-talented. Is multi-passionate. Now, at the break, Nikki Waters from Gold Leaf Greenhouse slipped into the studio very quietly. Good morning, young lady. We'll get you nice and close to that microphone. Good morning, ladies. And yeah. thank you for joining us. We cannot wait. Me. You know, I have a personal agenda running here <laughs> to talk about growing indoor plants. Oh, my goodness. But we also very soon will be chatting to, as in right now, actually, Mark Widmer online. He's uh, the Senior Technical Officer for Invasive Species Environmental Biosecurity at DPIRD. And he's going to talk to us about the bonsais at the convention centre at the Crown... Oh, sorry, I'm trying to read your writing. At the Crown Casino, bigger than ever in WA, more than 100 world-class bonsais, plus, I'm not even going to say that word, Suzuki, I, on display. Let's get Mark to explain it, shall we? Hey, you're with Ray and Faye. Mark, how's it going? Good morning, ladies. Good morning to your listeners, too. I'm going really well, and you almost nailed it. Suasaki. Suasaki. I knew. I just thought rather than waffle on, I'll get you just to take take the floor, my friend, and tell us all about what's going on. Well, on this, Ray, National or World Bonsai Day, is that correct, Mark? Yeah, so here we go, and it's very apt and appropriate. So everything bonsai is happening next weekend, though, at at the Salubrious Crown. And I'd just like to start off by saying, if you ever thought you should ever go and see a show, or if indeed you have seen them in the past and you thought it's time you got there again, well, this is the one. This is it. Yeah, this is the largest and highest standard bonsai in Suiseki we've ever held in WA. We've got the the, 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 you know, the biggest international bonsai masses demonstrating. So, And, of course, for people to go there, if you're into bonsai or if you think you you know, you haven't got one at home and you think this is a good opportunity, well, you're right, because you've got everything bonsai there in the vendor area as well. You've got lots of friendly club members to discuss all your issues with and your curiosities with the sales section there. And we're showcasing our beautiful, and this is where Perth really shines out worldwide, is using our native plants that lend themselves so beautifully to bonsai. So here's a chance just to see what you can do with your natives. Can you say, honestly, Mark, we were at the Garden Festival yesterday and for the very first time I saw native bonsai and I fell in love. I really did. I thought, oh, this is just next level. I can't believe it. Loved it. Yeah, you say, oh, I've I've got one of these trees in my front yard and here it is looking beautiful and majestic in this little pot with all this beautiful young foliage and this care and attention. They look spectacular. I think they look better in little pots than they do in the front yard sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It blew me away. It uh, really made me rethink. So, well, the, the bonsai featured quite strongly at the garden festival. Yeah, they yeah. had their beautiful, their amazing big display. Mm, mm. But also, Nancy Skade had bonsai, and she got into yeah. it when she realised that they were throwing away plants that yeah. had been left in their yeah, pot too yeah, long, yeah. which of course were perfect for bonsai. So, some of us might be guilty of having some tube stock stuck in. They're pots that have slipped to the back of the shade house for a number of years. So they could have a new life. They became bonsai by accident, (laughs) yes. So this is next, the whole weekend, Saturday and Sunday next week. Mark? 
That's right. Saturday, 20, Sunday, 21st, entry is $10. It's free for anyone under 15 years old, so bring your children and get them into a healthy hobby. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Well, it's very mindful, isn't it? Like, you can't just no. go in gung-ho when you, you're working with your bonsai. Meditative would be the word, would it, Mark? I reckon it's really zen. Um, that's yeah. how I put it. And sometimes you go just to do some refining of your little quadrinary branches or your leaf pruning and... Uh, where'd that three hours go and it's to me it's really relaxing and you do forget everything else some people say it's a fastidious pursuit it doesn't have to be and a lot of people say i won't get a bonsai because they'll die well if you can keep a pot plant alive you can keep a bonsai alive of course in summer if they're in a small pot you got to water more frequently and it's as simple as that so it is you know the tree will be what you want it to be you can go to greater lengths and levels and and there's probably a good opportunity to go to the show to see exactly where you can take it because these will be world-class. And but, just, and is it, sorry? Sorry, it's learning how to look after it when you get it home. It's it's key to speak to the professionals whilst you're there so that you are armed with you know the knowledge to look after it and so that it thrives. Will there yeah. be any for sale on the day? Yeah, good question. Absolutely. So uh, the... The trade vendor area would be available to the public, of course, so it's fully stocked with high-quality stuff, and all the stuff bonsai will be there. You'll be able to get the plants. You'll be able to get starter plants if you thought about starting it, but with all the information you need to go along with it. But there'll be pots, good pots, or normal pots, or there'll be fine tools or ordinary tools. There'll be the wire, there'll be your stock, there'll be your, your potting mix, everything bonsai, so it'll all be there, multiple vendors to choose from. So, yeah, everyone will be happy if you want to go and purchase uh, your bonsai dreams, or that's the place to be. And are there any talks or workshops happening over the weekend? Absolutely, yeah. There'll be some, um, this will be some very highly skilled and long standing statesmen in the bonsai domain to talk, and there'll be talks and demonstrations all weekend long. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and a lot of people gain a lot from just sitting there for the half hour, 45 minutes and watching people create a tree in that time. And that's the magnificence about it is you can get a fairly ordinary plant, a bit of wire, a bonsai pot, and hey, presto, you've got a bonsai. And like you said, just learn, take it home and learn how to look after it. And so- on another note, uh, at the, the Garden Festival, they are giving talks daily. So yeah, yeah. if you're heading off to the festival... This weekend. Get along to the bonsai talks on the suicide stage. It is. Yes, yeah, so I I haven't been, and I don't expect I'll be able to make it this year. So you've done you've done me shame because I haven't been, and and a lot of other people be. But yeah, I'm not going to make it this weekend, unfortunately. Oh well, it, it's a a wonderful event, Mark, and we thoroughly enjoyed ourselves yesterday. We Ray sure and I. did. We absolutely mm-hmm. had a ball. And and Mark, oh, next God. weekend, what time does the event open and close each day, so people know? Nine to five thirty both days. Oh, so, so full days. Full days, yes, indeed. And so is I... there a, is there a website people can go to or a contact number? So if people would like a little bit more information, or it's it's all there on the Bond Society. Of Western Australia website. Okay, okay. So it's the National Bonsai Convention at the Crown Casino next Saturday and Sunday, nine a.m. to five thirty p.m. And I really appreciate the opportunity to you know bring awareness to this event. So thanks very much for that. Our you're, pleasure. You're welcome. And actually, one of our calls a little earlier, I remember. Um, I don't know if an email came through or something I saw. 
but your name came up as uh, an expert from Deep Herd because our first caller of the day was about a centipede and the lady okay. moved it from her bricks. She got it on her key and she put it into a palm tree. Okay. So well, I'm not I mean, sure if she was worried about children finding the centipede. Yeah, I mean, centipedes do have poisonous fangs, so they do have biting mouth parts. I mean, nobody's been badly hurt by them, but it's something you want to avoid, so don't. Don't play with centipedes. Don't play with them. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> fine, Correct. Leave them alone. Yeah. Yes. All right, Mark, we'll, we'll let you get on with your weekend. Thank you very, very much for coming on air with us and explaining all about the National Bonsai Convention at the Crown Casino next weekend. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of information there and great um, concept for new enthusiasts, people like me. Absolutely. See you there. All right. Good on Thanks, you. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Bye. Cheers for that. Bye. And we shall return. Curtain Radio. And you're tuned to Let's Talk Gardening with Ray and Faye and special guest in the studio, Nikki Waters from Gold Leaf Greenhouse. Uncommon and rare plants, gold leaf landscaping. Now, we will be heading to the news at 9am. We're going to give away a $75 gift voucher. This hour, I think we'll do the Green Life Soil and Co. Do you want me to do it now while we have yes, some free lines? Yes, go for it, Ray. Well, we saw the gorgeous Linda, I did, down at the uh, Garden Festival. She's down there working away as we speak. And I wanted to go in and have a look at her setup. Uh, and, of course, she had everything that your garden needs on display. And some of the things that I made a little, little note of uh, for the listeners, she had everything from rock dust uh, to Charlie charcoal to mushroom kits. Uh, there was Wormwiz and Castings, brilliant for your garden, to Sassy Frass, one of their new products, which is a new biofertiliser made from rich insect manure. Oh, In short, yes. black soldier fly larvae. Yes. Okay, I've got a sample of that. Uh, and I know it's great for the garden and the planet. And Fish Hydro... I can't get it out. Fish. Hydrosolate. Thank you, Faye. Thank you. I do struggle with words sometimes. was another really good one. I came home with some of that. All the regular products you could imagine you'd ever need to see and far too many to mention, guys. But if you are going to the Perth Garden Festival, go and see Linda. She would love to see you and have a chat with her about what they do. It's just absolutely incredible. They had lots of samples there of the different mulches and, you know, soils and, you know, you could touch, feel. I love all of I, that. And I know she's giving a talk yeah. during the presentation. Yeah. And I did snap a photo of her and it did feature in my little slideshow of the Perth Garden Festival. Yeah, so I mention all of this so that it gives you, the listener, a bit of an idea of what you could spend your $75 gift voucher on. Now, you must be a Curtin FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. We uh, do try and keep it fair. Uh, Bev is looking at me. All okay? All okay to go? All right. Now, here we go. True or false? And we can thank John for this uh, question, of course. True or false? Garden gnomes are forbidden at the Chelsea Flower Show. Is that true or false? Garden gnomes are forbidden at the Chelsea Flower Show. Give Bev a call right now, 94841927. And I'll also give you the answer for the question last week that we asked a true or false and we couldn't give the answer on air because we literally ran out of time wow. remember last week i had no. to go home and take a bex and lie down of course you don't remember i remember so uh yes yeah. so hop to it guys nine four eight four one nine two seven green light soil co 75 dollar gift voucher 
will make its way to you this week. And the phones are going crazy as they do. All right, my work is done. I'm going to hand over the reins okay. and be quiet. Nikki, hello. hello. It's our turn to talk about plants we love. Take a deep <laughs> oh, breath. I know, Ray. I have to. Just think of yourself in amongst your shade my, house. My shade house. With your jungly climbing plants. Oh, how did it, the... I just want to know, how did it all start with you? When did it start? What oh. do you do? So, funny story. Uh, for you look, me, it, you look I, very young. Yeah, well, one day I was 25 and then the next day I was 30 and mm. spending time with plants rather than people. Yeah, oh, <laughs> um, yeah, fully relate. I, I don't know which I prefer, but both make me happy. Um, but funny story. So, my mother-in-law-to-be, she actually purchased a succulent for me for Christmas. This succulent just so happened to have fallen behind a little cabinet and about a year a year later, I moved this cabinet and I was like, how has this little thing survived? survived. And that's when the interest just kind of took off. I, I was obsessed. I had to figure out how this thing could Who survive. are you? What yeah, are you? What have you done? Yeah. 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 And um, over time, I very quickly moved past succulents, but over time I moved into indoor plants. Hmm. Um, and it was really just through all of the Facebook groups, you do kind of learn a lot of these plants that suddenly you need to have. Um, and yes, yep. you do. <laughs> and that, yeah. that's kind of what got the ball rolling. I was lucky enough to have a friend who was already quite deep into collecting um, pre-COVID, and so she taught me quite a lot, and I was very lucky for that. Yeah, yeah, because there's so much more to it. Buying the plant is kind of the easy bit. Yes. Uh, it's looking <laughs> after them. It's when you get them home. That's yes. the challenge. That's exactly so it. Tell mm. us... Like, what have you got and what areas have you got? What's your favourite? In terms of growing? or mm. um, Where do you keep your plants? So we have multiple areas. We all just grow, we grow all of our plants just from home. We've got a greenhouse, um, which is enclosed. Uh, it's in a perfect sunny spot. Um, we've got a lean-to, which isn't enclosed, so it does get natural air wind flow. and airflow mm -hmm. through mm -hmm. there. So it's quite temperature um, variable. Exactly. And we like to have that grow space just because when we take plants out of the greenhouse that we've grown, we like to yeah, mm. and we like to try and acclimatise them yep. because something that can happen so often is people will bring home certain plants from big box retailers or, you know, even the grocery store, the ones that they have in the fridge, and they just do not survive because no. there is no chance of acclimatising. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's exactly it. Mm -hmm. um, and so because of that, we've got that lean-to that has the um, weather elements exposed to it. Um, and then we also have a little portico, which is completely random. Um, it's enclosed and surrounded by trees and shrubs, mm -hmm. um, but it faces the ocean. So it does get the intense um, afternoon sun but with triple shade cloth the front. So, so, so it's a little bit of the a, wind and the that's salt. That's exactly a bit of a microclimate it. going on in there. That's exactly right it. There. And, of course, we do grow inside as well. Now that it's the cooler months, we have taken mm. or brought quite a few of our more fiddly and finicky plants inside just to try and give them more of a chance. So okay. tell me, bathroom, spare room, Absolutely. kitchen, they've taken over the house. Oh, my uh, My partner's kind of used to it. Yeah. There was, they, they adapt. Yeah, <laughs> and there was a period there where for about four or five months there were no surfaces to eat any dinner on or anything. We were <laughs> eating enough. dinner on our laps, yeah, just enough. preparing for big sales because we do produce most of our own plants. 
That I love. Okay. I'm laughing because that's home. That's yeah, the moment. Right. Yeah, and that's exactly it. You're not embarrassed um, inviting another plant person over because oh, they, they get, get it. it. They yeah, understand. Little bits of soil there. I'll just dust that off. Yep. Now we have a winner for the green winner for the Green Life Soil Co voucher genie of beach Barrett. good on you that voucher will make its way to you this week the question was true or false garden gnomes are forbidden at the chelsea flower show the answer is true oh no with our full apologies to costa of course <laughs> yeah so good on you so uh compliments of paul and linda michener from green life soil co if you get a chance you're going to the perth garden festival this weekend go and see the guys say hello now the true or false question from last week, we didn't get to finish the answer, and it was a very tricky one. John was very naughty to do this. Uh, it has been calculated that commercial almond growers in California use one litre of water to grow each almond. Was it true or false? The answer is false. It takes one gallon of water. Do you see the trick? Mm. Naughty. But anyway, someone did get it, and uh, we will give away something else in the next hour. Back shortly. 100.1 And it's five minutes to nine. We will, of course, be going to the 9am news at that point. You are with, obviously, Ray and Faye. This is Let's Talk Gardening. And our special guest in the studio from Goldleaf Greenhouse, we have the beautiful Nikki Waters sitting with us and subject very close to our heart. Getting When you get these glorious plants and you bring them inside, what next? Well, so a lot of people, they bring home these plants um, they get very excited. I mean, that, they, that's me. Yeah. Mm. They see these plants, especially because they've become so, so much more affordable and available. Once again, through the Facebook groups, just a couple mm. of years ago, trying to find your wish list plant was so impossible. You kind of had to know people, and it was yeah. usually done through swaps. Mm. Um, and now that the prices have gone down and people can actually purchase these plants that were just a few years ago. Unicorns, hundreds of, unicorn plants. Absolutely, them, hundreds yeah. of dollars. Mm. Um, they're bringing them home. And unfortunately, the missing link is the type of plant versus the stage maybe wherein that person might be in their collection, their knowledge or how to care for these plants. Because right. along with this price tag does generally come a bit more expertise needed with the care for things, especially, mm. I mean, if you're spending the money, you really don't want to be spending it and not knowing how to keep it alive. It's essentially just throwing money away. Very much so. So what's one example of one of those unicorn plants that you can't just bring home and put on the patio yeah. in winter? So uh, definitely, for example, one of the most well-known ones, we'll just go to the Albo variegated Monstera. Um, Plants like that, because of the lack of green pigment chlorophyll, that's what mm. actually creates the white. Um, those type of plants, the the non-variegated version can definitely handle, you know, fuller sun, a little mm. bit more ruggedness, whereas the variegated version requires filtered bright sun. Anything more than that, and you will get burning on your white leaves, that kind of thing, and Another issue is people will purchase these plants, the variegated monstera, because of how much white variegation it might have. But there's such a thing as too, too much, too much variegation. Yeah, That's I exactly know, and I've seen it. that a lot on the Facebook pages. That's exactly mm, it. And mm. unfortunately, there are sellers who will sell this, but they will usually sell it with a, a disclaimer of, you know, we don't expect this to survive. 
But um, you can have it cheap at your risk. That's mm. exactly it, yeah. at, at the grower's risk. Mm. Um, but the problem with this is when you're buying that in a bigger plant and you might not be as experienced, you might want to give it, you know, fuller sunlight because more, you know, more of a chance to photosynthesize with the lack of the green pigment chlorophyll, that type of thing. But that might not necessarily be the best for the plant. So what about when the white goes brown? So when the white gro- goes brown, that's a bit of a burn. And it's it's completely up to the person whether or not you want to chop the brown off. Out, yeah. Um, because it's just like hair. When you've got damage and you don't remove that damage, the plant will put a bit more energy into trying not only to grow but also fix that damage, which it'll never turn that leaf mm. back to white. It just won't. Mm-hmm. And so some people will chop the brown off and yeah. other people are a lot more savage and they'll just start again. completely take that leaf off. Mm. Obviously, the other alternative is just to wear it mm. um, and just accept that... Monitor it. Yes. And, and I guess read the plant and try and learn what caused it yes. and how to put it in a better position. Can it also be humidity or lack of humidity? Absolutely. And too much humidity as well can be a thing for these <laughs> for these variegated monsteras or um, a lot of things that have high amounts of white. With too much humidity, you will get the moisture sitting on the leaves sometimes if you don't have airflow as well. Yeah, There's yeah. so many components that really ensure the optimal environment for these types of plants. Um, and so too high of a humidity can actually also create browning in the white parts of the leaves. Um, ideal humidity for a lot of these plants. When you think about the original environment. Where they, where they where, come from. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So um, rainforests and jungles, that kind of thing, high humidity. But they mm. also grow under canopies. Understory. Yeah, they're understory plants. Yes, that, that's exactly it. And so just mimicking any of that. Um, will definitely help the plant succeed. Of course, yeah, try and keep it to its natural environment. You'd like me to go to the news, wouldn't you, Faye? Yes, but <laughs> then, I, then I want to say keep listening because we're going to hear about warnings for those, buying Absolutely. certain plants, particularly ahead of Mother's Day. Ahead of Mother's <laughs> Day. Okay, here it is, 9 o'clock news, everyone. A shower or two this morning with a maximum of 21. Right now, 17.6 degrees and humidity sitting at 72%. Overnight, you can expect the minimum to be 8 and the maximum tomorrow, 21, mostly sunny. So perfect conditions, I think, for Mother's Day. And looking ahead to Monday, the minimum over 9 will be 9 and the maximum will be 21, partly cloudy. And our rainfall so far for May is 19 mils. Mm, It was 83.6 last last May so yeah we uh, we need to make up a bit of ground and the average is 88 so we do have a bit to catch up on but of course we we cannot control it we can only hope now let's go straight out to the lines we're in Mandra Keith thanks for waiting hi Keith how can we help you good morning um, I've just bought myself a coffee bean tree and I'm now going to put take it out of its original pot and put it in a larger pot. I hope that'll keep it uh, a little bit stunted in growth because they say they're going to grow to about five metres. Uh, you could bonsai it, Keith. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was, I'm thinking. If I could put it in a smaller pot, that'll stunt its growth. Would that be correct? So 
uh, downsize the pot that it's coming? Is that what you're saying? No, no. Well, I'm going to upsize the pot that it's coming because it's a very small pot that it came in. Okay. So yep. I'm putting it into a pot that would probably take at least two bags of potting mix. So it's a reasonable size pot, but I don't want it to be five metres tall. No, oh, no. Questions. Uh, Do I need two to pollinate or is it self-pollinating? I am not 100% sure on this. Might have to get John to look at that. But I would advise that when you pot it on, only go to the next size pot and okay. try yeah. not to disturb the roots. I'm not sure if the the coffee tree has got any sensitivity and doing it at this time of year when it's quite cool. Um, so yeah. I'll get John to check that as well. But only go to the next size pot. Don't overpot yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll cut I'll cut the other pot off so as I don't have to pull it out. So that's no big deal. Um, and the general care of it, fertilisers and stuff like that, is it is it good enough just in premium potting mix? Uh, yes. Although I'm having a bit of an issue with premium potting mixes at the moment, and yeah, the pH that. not being what. It yeah. says on the bag, Nikki's nodding, nodding her head. <laughs> um, Nikki, because your other business is landscaping as well, That's isn't correct. it? So here we go. Do you do you have any experience with coffee trees? Um, no experience with coffee trees, um, but if you're wanting to keep it smaller, you're definitely on the right track of kind of putting it in that upsized pot as you were speaking about and just yep. trying to keep it in that pot for as long as possible. Um, It'll be there forever, yeah. Yes, well, until the pot, until the roots kind of break through the pot, but yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, other than that, no, I, do I need to fertilise them? Or, I mean, if you haven't had any experience with them, it's a pretty... Well, the, quick, the thing it? is, um, general experience would be to use a controlled release potting mix for um, yep. controlled release fertiliser for, yep. for flowering and fruiting plants because that's what you've got. You ideally time it with the time that the plant is growing. Uh, so what I will do oh, is good. get John to check up about does it need a pollinator, also about yeah. the pH. Um, like, you know, for a long time I've, I've just said premium potting mix and you'll be fine. Yeah. Now I'm questioning that having recently bought a pH test kit. And I think yeah. if you do want best results, it is worth checking possibly what the pH um, preferences are for the plant and just matching yeah. that to the the bag of potting mix that you get. Yeah, I've got a test kit in the shed. I heard your discussion a couple of weeks ago, it might even have been last week, about the pH yes. in potting mixes. And yeah. I've, I've recently... Um, heard more reports this week about potting mixes not being what people thought they were and I, I don't know if that's to do with the um the supply issues with i would have trees to. being cut down and and perhaps mixes have changed yeah so i think everything we buy is not what it's meant to be oh, now i think it's the way of the world absolutely yeah, but there, the mm. thing is there's standards and that's mm. what i would be coming back to if a bag says it's x potting mix mm. then in ph yeah. it should be that mm. you know we've we've had a good oh, well. ride where we yeah. we're getting what we expected 
but that's not the case now. So just be warned. Well, you can relate that comment to just about everything you buy now, though. This, I so this too, is Kay. true. I think mm. it's probably a good idea to just, yeah, double check what we are getting and yeah. um, be more okay. mindful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I don't, I want to look after it because I think the beans are going to be gold. It costs that much to buy them. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to look after it so I don't kill it. I I do remember a story where the first time a, a coffee bean tree produced beans, it was like two beans, and they calculated they made it out. sure that they made a cup of coffee out of that because <laughs> it took so long. Mm. And drank it slowly. Yes, yes. Savoured it. All right, we'll find out more about this for you, Keith. Yeah, I'll keep listening. All right. Okay, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye for now. Bye. Now, one of the other displays at the Perth Garden Festival was our good friend Mark Tuchek from Tuckerbush. We were at the display yesterday. It was a really big setup. It was absolutely beautiful the way that uh, he had everything set up. Now, he specialises in Tuckerbush plants, of course, and they, they've got a prize. If you actually go to their stand today or tomorrow, it's worth over $600. It's a vertical wall garden, uh, and it's a great size. It could fit in even a smallest courtyard as well. And it's his theme for his whole display is ancient plants and modern technology and hydroponics for native edibles. And the prize actually includes 12 tuckerbush plants, six planter trays, lightweight stand, nutrient tank, pump, Learfloor German expanded clay, nutrients and all the plumbings, and they will deliver it to you Uh Free, uh, all inclusive, um, over $600 worth. And they are located at site number four is where you'll find uh, Tuckerbush. And I, I, I just spied upon some of their lovely yummies. And one that took my eye was a little dwarf plum pine. And I'm told the fruit is next level on that. So they have a, a lot of smaller uh, you know, bush tucker plants there as well. You know, you don't have to buy big trees and... Yeah, they have lots of different sizes. And as you say, edibles in regard to um, all their herbs, their, their native herbs and so forth. And I know you're busting to say something. Go and say it. Well, I just love the the wall display. Yeah. of It was a vertical garden and the colours just popped. I got a lovely photo of Mark relaxing in one yeah. of the chairs, which I'm sure was a well-earned sit-down. Yeah. But on the table was this gorgeous shiny ceramic green vase with cinnamon myrtle in it glossy green foliage and flowers like fairy floss that just popped it was quite a surprise and i love their i call it the dalek uh, which is a white tower hydroponic Mm. tower. yeah the pineapple tower yeah that was gorgeous that was very sexy as well how to grow lots of plants in a small space and what i've got here and i'm going to give it away is Bush Food for Beginners. Now, Mark Tuchek wrote this book. We will send it to you. It's Start Your Bush Food Journey in Your Own Backyard. It's a great read. It's an easy read. And Mark has signed it himself. It's a beautiful little handbook and uh, totally recommend this. If you would like to win this book, we will send it to you. Give Bev a call. You must be a Curtin FM member. Not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Give Bev a call now on 94841927 and this book could be yours. And if you can, get along and say hello to Mark. Uh, They're at uh, Site 4 at the Perth Garden Festival and 
put your entry in to win this fabulous prize. I just absolutely love it. I would like to take it home myself. So it's uh, sensational. A vertical wall garden kit. Six spots, pots in it. And, uh, yeah, good on Mark. He's doing, yes. doing, he's doing big, big things in the industry. Yes. Okay, carry on. Um, yes, I wanted to give listeners a heads up. If they want to buy mum that special plant yeah. ahead of Mother's Day, you know, there's a lot of hype about the variegated monsteras. Absolutely. And there's a price tag that comes with them. And one of my concerns, well, we were talking about the risks of growing a cutting. Especially during these seasons. Yes. Yeah. So, Nikki, what can you, you, how can you warn people what to look out for? So essentially, we don't we don't really recommend um, buying cuttings for your partner or a spouse or a loved one. And they're a, they're for sale a lot, aren't they? That's exa- the big dollars. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. And the problem with the cuttings is, if you're buying on behalf of someone else, it's going to be a gift, and you don't really know anything about the plants yourself. Cuttings may not be viable, no. as in um, they require. A, a node, yeah, and also having an aerial root, root. already mm. there also helps. People will sell fresh cuttings. That means the the new owner will have to do all of the work. And during these seasons where it's a lot cooler, without that little bit more experience or knowledge of what you're doing, mm. it can be very easy to lose a cutting. Yeah, um, variegated monsteras, whilst they're quite easy to root from cutting, it's really the Thai constellation that we highly recommend people stay away from in terms of buying cuttings because they can be very, very difficult. Uh, It's very counterintuitive, but it's one of those plants that when you're potting up a cutting, an established cutting, uh, you don't really want to water it for too, too soon or for too long afterwards as well. Too much water will rot it without, without much difficulty really. Um, what we do recommend, if you're buying a gift for a loved one, we recommend buying an established plant. Like, yeah, I'd go I go along so. with that. That's exactly yeah. it. And I mean, I understand that the prices can it's be. It's going a to be more, more expensive, but in the long run, it's the better option. That's exactly yeah, it. And around around this time, what we usually do, we usually sell cuttings um, for fifty to eighty dollars. But when we're hitting the cooler months we don't really want to be selling those cuttings. And so what we usually do is we bring the price of the plants down around this time because we know that people are buying these plants for loved ones without really knowing what they're doing. Mm. So if we can take care of them just that little bit, we're happy to. Now, I know I've got a very large cutting at home in a very large (laughs) vase. And you mentioned that perhaps to put in some hydrogen peroxide to avoid rot? Absolutely. So oh, that's an interesting tip. When we, um, when we take most of our cuttings, actually, regardless of the time of the year, what we do is we let them dry for a little bit, maybe half a day, and then we'll actually soak them in a weakened hydrogen peroxide water solution. And we'll do that for about an hour before we put it into whatever we're going to be rooting in, whether it's water, sphagnum, um, perlite and what that does what does it do as in oh so the hydrogen peroxide actually re- decreases the risk of any rotting especially root rots which you can get both fungal and bacterial types of rots and also what we do we water propagate a lot of our cuttings we like to put a little drop 
of hydrogen peroxide in the in the, the rooting cutting mm. Um, mm. cutting container as well. So, what strength hydrogen peroxide do you use? We use a 6%, 6%. but what we would recommend for people at home, um, or if you're not doing this on a larger scale, yeah. you can get hydrogen peroxide from the pharmacy. That's yep. about 3%, I think. And that would do? And that will absolutely do. Mm. And that one, there's a little bit less risk of yes. burning your plants. Yes, yes. So how how much in, say, a litre of water? So the hydrogen peroxide we use at 6%. In a litre, we'll probably do two to three drops with the little pipettes. Okay, so not much. You are listening to Let's Talk Gardening. It's 22 minutes after nine. And our special guest in the studio with us this morning is the lovely Nikki Waters from Goldleaf Greenhouse. You're situated up in Joondalup, is yep, it? up in Joondalup in Iluka, so just on the coast. We get some of those nice harsh breezes coming through just completely randomly knocking over all the plants. That's fun. Yeah, that is always fun. (laughs) Nothing like a wind tunnel. Yeah. Okay. There's so much going on up in that corridor as well. And that was another one we saw, Verge Garden Centre. Oh, yes. uh, Yesterday. Their plants were on steroids. (laughs) And they're based up in Elkimos, aren't they? That's true. Yeah, yeah. I think I think one of them actually lives in Iluka. We'll see the van around all the time. <laughs> uh, getting back to the coffee plant, yeah, it is self-pollinating. They do prefer a slightly acidic oil with a pH of six, and respond well to fertilising, and of which a complete citrus fertiliser is ideal. So basically the same thing: flowering and fruiting, but citrus. Fertilisers are labelled in that way. So getting on to mixes that you might use, Nikki, how, what, what are we looking for for general purpose indoor plants? So what we've found, my partner and I, we've really spent time over the years mixing, chopping, changing, trying to figure out what the best kind of potting mix would be. Yeah. What we've found is the crucial thing is are you an overwaterer? Are you an underwaterer? I'm an overwaterer. So for for an overwater, and what we'd recommend for just in general, it's very important to have aeration yeah. through mm-hmm. your potting mix. Mm-hmm. In our potting mix, we don't actually use any soil. Um, a soilless mix means not, none of those fungus gnats, which we know everybody mm. really despises. Bane of people's existence. Absolutely. Yeah. And so to completely eliminate that, <laughs> that annoyance... We don't use any soil in our mix. What we use instead for an aeroid mix, um, we'll use chunky and also coarse orchid bark, lots of perlite. And once again, depending on if you're an overwaterer or underwaterer, you adjust your levels of perlite as so. Um, you also We also use charcoal, which helps with filtration and cleaning. Um, and then we build it up with some coca core or peat. Also, we throw in some worm castings and slow-release fertilizer pellets. Um, we've found that this kind of mix, especially using the chunky barks and the cocoa peat, kind of leaving it a bit chunkier, what we've found is a lot more room for the roots to grow through. Yeah. And we use clear pots, so we get to we mm. get the fun of seeing, seeing what's going roots. on. And mm. that's exactly it. And so you can actually see how much happier those roots are when they can either push themselves into a bit of chunky 
coconut core or when they actually spread through and push past they've got air they've got air to move through and that's where they like to push through i i've never been a fan of the clear pots <laughs> but i can see in this case it would be an advantage to Absolutely. be able to see how wet the mix is if yeah. it's going green that's exactly um, it and, and you can see the roots yeah. developing and quite yeah. often on the facebook page sites they will hold up the plastic pot to show the prospective buyers that's exactly if you like it. what is going on in that Plant. And you can tell if the roots are healthy, if they're mm, white, white, or if they've mm. gone dark and yeah. they've that's, rotted. That's absolutely mm. it. And it's just such an advantage of being able to catch what's going on with your plant mm. without having Sooner to pull it Sooner than later. That, that's mm. exactly it. Because yeah. by the time you start seeing it on the it's top, late. it's a bit... Yeah, yeah, it's a bit late. Yeah. So while we're on the topic of potting mix, we did receive an email from Bev of Collie, and we've we've given out the, the Aroid mix recently which is i guess it stemmed from uh tim's chat about hoyas mm. so i'll just read out that recipe because i know people are, st are still looking for that and Absolutely. it's much along the same lines but a little bit of a difference uh a bag of premium potting mix i'd be testing for the ph mm -hmm. now too something around neutral a bag of orchid mix because it is chunky I'd use half a bag of perlite, and I'm talking about the 25-litre bag, a bag of charcoal, which is uh, probably about 10 litres, and a packet of cinnamon. Mm, and then clever. to that, I'll add slow-release fertiliser as well mm, so that mm. the plants have got something if I fail to give them any anything else. Absolutely. And that's pretty much what I use for repotting most of my aroids and and patio plants, begonias, hoyas, etc. And that cinnamon's really clever as an addition because it has antifungal. Fun and yeah. Exactly. That's and it's so clever. Smells nice too, oh, Nikki. That never hurts. <laughs> and the, you add worm castings into your yes, mix. Yes, You don't absolutely. have any issues with worm eggs. No, no, we don't. So, um, when it when it comes to things like that, we we feel that if something isn't really feeding on your plant, or if it hasn't you know, started to create something that wants to be eaten by any of those little bacteria and mm. or microorganisms in there, then it's not really part of the ecosystem of it. Mm. And whilst there can be issues that arise because you'll have certain bugs that completely eat up the roots and that kind of thing, we try and stay on top of our pest control in other ways. Okay. It was interesting because last weekend we were asked about adding worm castings. Mm -hmm. So in the mix that I've got, there is potting mix, which can break down and become muddy. And if there's worm castings, there potentially could be egg capsules. Yes. Um, and I know with ferns, they do not want earthworms in their pots undermining the soil. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's interesting. Well, it's happily, a lot, of, a lot of the kind of tropical and collector plants... They, they do quite well with the worms in the soil yeah. and continuing to aerate them. It's just how mm. much people enjoy seeing them crawl out the bottom of their pots in inside. <laughs> yeah, not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, what I'm going to do, because I've got a little bit of time, uh, is give away a $75 gift voucher to Bigger Trees, thanks to Kerry up there in Pickering Brook. And we will be in Pickering Brook direction ourselves, Fayetteville. We shall be. Later on today. And I love that part of the world. Uh, okay. Uh, as you know, Bigger Trees is WA's leading frangie supplier. They're getting ready to go to sleep now. 
Although I see uh, quite a few still flowering. I've got new flower buds coming mm, no, on mine. It's strange, isn't it? Uh, and Bigger also specialise in ornamental and fruit trees. They're their specialties. They have such a huge range of plants in easily one of the nicest nurseries in Perth. It is a great time to go for a stroll through Bigger Trees to see their fabulous array of beautiful deciduous trees showing amazing autumn colour, as well as dazzling camellias showing off right now. And Bigger's Trees say it is a fabulous time to plant just before winter. Lots of great gift ideas up there too if you're in a bit of a bind for Mother's Day, gift vouchers, all that sort of thing. Um, they do deliver across the metro area. If you'd like to know more about Bigger Trees and what they do, they have some fabulous online options. Simply go to biggertrees.com.au. Now, not to be, here we go again, not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. And you must be a Curtin FM member. It's a very good incentive to be a Curtin FM member uh, if you listen to The Garden Show because we have lots of great prizes. Uh, here's John's question for you. In the first line of the Mama's and Papa's song, California Dreaming, what colour are the leaves? In the first line of the Mama's and Papa's song, California Dreaming, what colour are the leaves? Give Bev a call, 94841927 and $75 Bigger Trees gift voucher will be making its way to you. And do let us know what you buy. We do like to live through our listeners. Okay, carry on, guys. So, Mother's Day tomorrow. Yes, as well. Uh, yes. Nikki, what can you recommend as an alternative to variegated monstera cuttings? What, <laughs> yeah. What's a, you know, a unicorn plant, a little bit rarer, but also a beginner's plant, something that no one's going to uh, have too much trouble with? So what I definitely recommend would be things like caladiums. Uh, the difficulty here is... The time of the year. I was just about to say, won't they disappear? That's exactly (laughs) it. The difficulty is the time of the year. Um, we, we've been successful in actually keeping our caladiums sprouting all through. How do you do that? With lights? Um, through, we just bring them inside, really. And surprisingly, there are some that we just neglect outside that just keep going. It's, it's such a varying thing. You really don't know what you're going to get from them. Um, but if there are caladiums around, which I do know there are still currently some, they're, they're like your flowers, yes. the, the way they're so colourful and bright. And, they're magnificent. And the, mm. the other thing is once they start to die back, obviously they'll re, reshoot once it well, gets Well, I wonder about that. Like how do you get them to wake up again? So we have a lot of pots lying around through winter where we're not sure if we throw them away. Yes. <laughs> or if there's actually something sleeping in there. So um, where do you where do you store them over winter? Uh, I'd love to say that we're organised mm. um, and that they're all in one spot, but they kind of just get taken off the top of whatever surface and just put underneath that surface yeah. and, yeah, and or laid on their side so they don't fill up in. Yes, that's with exactly water. it. And I mean, I know some people will actually remove the corms and store them and then replant them. Okay, that's an interesting idea. Which is also idea. another option, and you can mm. also do that with. Um, you know, alocasias that are bulb type plants as well. Mm. But regarding your question, another great plant would be um, a pink princess. Yes. Pink princesses, white princesses, these are hardier philodendrons and it's quite difficult to to do damage to these. I mean, obviously the overwatering is always a factor, but they they will kind of take it. And once again, if your potting mix is right, 
your plants will take an overwatering. They'll allow you, they'll forgive you and allow you an opportunity to fix it. Correct it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly mm-hmm. it. But pink princesses, the the pink variegation on them makes so them beautiful. a striking plant, not only for a plant collector, but just anyone anyone who wants something pretty and living in their home. That's exactly it. Mm. Um, So we've found that around Mother's Day, we do get a lot of requests for those, which completely, completely understandable. Well, the name sort of says a lot too, doesn't it? That's exactly it, yeah. And if if you're buying for someone who is a little bit more into their plant collection, um, one plant that I absolutely love are variegated burl marks. And this is in the philodendron variety. These are so understated, I find. And I don't understand why people don't get more excited about these. I think two. I'm biased. I have yeah. two. They're what, beautiful. Once I, once I bought one, I had to have Another multiples one. because they all had different variegation markings. I have one in my bedroom and one in my bathroom. And mm. aren't they stunning? And they're mm. so easy to grow as well. And so... Mm. Um, the the non-variegated version, the Burl Marks, yeah. super easy to grow. Mm. And then this variegated version, such almost no difference in how you actually need to tend to them. Um, and the markings are just so striking, which if you're trying to give, you know, a really impactful gift, that's definitely one to consider as well. The Burl Marks. And so, they're quite yes. reasonably priced as well. Now, we that's do have correct. a winner for our gift voucher from Bigger Trees, Kay of Ascot. Good on you, Kay. Uh, that voucher will be making its way to you this week. Uh, thanks, everyone, for playing with us. I think that's all my prizes <laughs> done for the day. We will be, you know, certainly giving away more again next week. So the lines are free if you'd like to ring in and have a chat with our expert in the studio with us, Nikki. Waters from Gold Leaf Greenhouse, and we are talking about unicorn plants and indoor plants, and and how to care for them. And it's a, it's a big subject. So our number is nine four eight four one nine two seven, and you might like to email us by going to gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Now, Nikki, I do have a variegated burl marks, and. And it's not doing everything that you say. Oh, no. <laughs> I paid a lot of money for it, and it's still little. It looks quite frail, yeah. and it's in sphagnum moss. In sphagnum. Like, how can I kick it along? Yes. Have you have you checked what the roots look like by any chance? No. Maybe check what's going on with the roots. Um, it might actually be time to put it into some kind of potting medium mm-hmm. um, so that it can actually start getting more nutrients from you know, the things that are broken down in that medium or um, even just from a bit of fertiliser, whereas at this time you do, we don't recommend fertilising. Mm. I will say that for us, um, with the amount of growing that we do and with our slightly controlled conditions, um, we are able to continue fertilising throughout the year. We just completely weaken it. But you can condition your plants. Um, we use a fantastic uh, plant conditioner, uh, it's called HB101, and what we've found is when you when you first put your plant into its pot or into its potting medium, this is great to water it in with. Mm. And once again, around this time of year, when I say watering in, very very sparsely, Minimal. like mm-hmm. a couple of drops will do, and you can work your way up from there rather than drowning the plant and then mm. losing it. Mm. I know there's a lot more uh, plant or additives that you can get today that do different things, but that might be a 
a next level conversation to have. Absolutely. Um, so the Burl Marks, is that an outdoor patio plant? Or it a... can be. Okay. It really can be. Um, I've seen some huge Burl Marks is just planted in pots by the by people's front doors, um, and they will take they will take the sun. Obviously, in summer when the sun is just insanely intense and mm. harsh, that's that's a little bit of a yep. different issue. But besides that, they will actually take the sun. And to keep that variegation, it can be a little bit of a spotty plant in terms of throwing non-variegated and then variegated yeah. leaves. This is completely normal for this type of plant. Um, if you'd like to kind of really encourage that variegation, it wouldn't hurt outside on a patio, but undercover protected yeah and in indirect light and it will go absolutely crazy oh, okay so with the green leaves that it does throw you don't remove them you leave them completely it's completely dealer's choice mm. i'm a little bit brutal and i will just snip them right off mm. um a lot of people like to leave them um but we also use this other thing that when we take a cutting we'll apply it um and it will encourage more further shoots to grow. Okay. Mm. So what's that called? So that's called holy shoots. Yeah. Ah, and yes. Honestly, I don't think we could produce our own plants for all of our sales without it. Wow. I really don't. It it allows one plant wherein it might have only had one growth point. We've had plants where we've taken one cutting, added holy shoots, six growth points. And so oh, that's great. what really allows us to propagate our own stock. So that is that's a good tip. Yeah, one of mm. the secrets of success. Mm. Absolutely. Some of the philodendrons, when you cut them back because they they grow past their totem pole, yes. you get one growth. You know, you only get one reshoot. Where you've ta where you've taken so the cutting from? So if you yeah. were to use this product, and you, I've got a little tube of it, and it's you amazing. just. Um, Oh, how would you describe like poke it in and squeeze yeah, it? Yeah, it's just it's got this kind of like needle like dropper and I think there's something like a thousand or something um, drops in a bottle. But all you need is about three to four drops per plant. And you don't even need to have just cut the plant to use it. You can use it on a plant that you just want to get bushier and that kind of thing. But the fantastic thing about this stuff is it doesn't push out more growth than it can support. Mm. So whilst it might might have all of those tiny little new growing points ready to go, it won't force them all to grow if the plant is Can't not able. That's exactly support it. it. I hear you. Okay. We're going to take a break. Uh, interesting chat. Thank you very much. And we shall return. Curtain Radio. You're tuned to Let's Talk Gardening and we are chatting with our guest this morning from Goldleaf Greenhouse, Nikki Waters. Now, we'll go out to the lines. Uh, Jasmine of Safety Bay has called in and she wants to know if anyone has a red paintbrush lily that she could swap with her yellow or white paintbrush lilies. We have her contact details if you'd like to swap if you have a red paintbrush lily, she can give you a yellow or a white paintbrush lily. We have her contact details, if anyone can help. Right, we're heading to Dianella. We're talking about a mango tree. Oh, actually, no, we're not. Ross, how are you? Hello, friend. Yes, um, have the experts uh, organised a selective spray for Kikuyu grass? Oh, we wish. That'd be a multi... Yeah, no, what? the um, fuselage will kill... 
hakuya grass in cooch lawns and uh, gardens. Really? Yes. Yes. And uh, won't, won't um, compromise uh, buffalo. Oh, oh, in yeah. Buffalo, that's yeah. a different story. No. Oh, um, yeah, that's a story. That, that's yeah, my drama. That's a critical... That's my drama. <laughs> I have the kikuya growing in my Buffalo, Ross. Mm. Yeah. No, yeah. no, I'm yeah. not aware of a selective yeah. spray. Uh, yeah, the other thing is you get out there and you use a, a paintbrush so a that you're not going... Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've done in the past. Yeah, the roots go down to Japan, so... That's uh, right. Yes. It's it's a it's a it's a rotten rotten thing, mm-hmm. unless you have a whole kikuyu grass and they're pretty they're okay <laughs> they're very nice. <laughs> okay, thanks for your help, then. Yeah. Sorry, Ross. Okay, thanks for that. Uh, let me see. Now look, we are now talking about a mango tree. Mark, hi. Hello. Good morning. How morning. are you? We're great. Thank you. Very good. How can we help you, Mark? Just a little help. I've got a mango tree which is about seven or eight years old. It's not Kensington Pride. And the second year that I put it down, it gave me, you know, three or four mangoes. And then three years after that, maybe another three or four. And the last three years, I haven't seen any flowers or anything. Is there something that I'm missing out on or what should I do? Are you pruning it at all? No. It's, a, it's not a big tree, though. It's just pretty much six feet tall and about two meters wide. And it's that variety that's got alphabets and numerics in it. Uh, I don't know. It's N2, oh, R2, E2. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> okay. It, it could possibly be that it's getting too much nitrogen and yep. the, the energy is going into leaf growth rather than flowering. You should have had yep. flowers uh, a few months ago. We've just picked the last of our crop off our mango tree. That sounds awesome, doesn't it? We only got two. Um, <laughs> Pick the crop. Yeah. Um, but it, to encourage flowering, you could give it a cutback, a, a light cutback, so that it encourages branching and yep. more growth. And when the season warms up again, Start feeding yeah. with a controlled release fertilizer for flowering and fruiting trees or a citrus fertilizer, and that would help. Yeah. Also, give it mulch and and water. And I think, you know, it's old enough. You should start yeah. to see more results. Okay, so prune it a little bit, and do I prune it now this season? Or you could um, prune any sticky bits, or you know, sometimes they get a bit ratty. Some of the branches die yep. back a little bit, so give it a light yeah. trim, nothing too heavy, uh, and yeah, yeah. do it when it's dry rather than when it's wet. Okay, so do give it a light prune, and then put a little slow release fertilizer. That's a citric, is it? Um, a citrus fertilizer or flowering yeah. and fruiting, and do that in in the warmer months because that's when you'll get okay. more of your growth. Okay, all right, appreciate that. Thank you. All right, good luck with that, Mark. <laughs> I hope to get some fruit. Yeah, well, the only other thing is sun. Sun is always critical. So if you've got a lot of shade, well, it, yeah, it, it does get you know the morning sun right up to about one o'clock or so. So. Mm. It, it might enough. be a shade issue then. Yeah. yeah. But, but try the yeah. other things that, anyway. Yeah, 
All right. I'll go down to Craig and see how I go. Thank you so much. Good on you, Mark. Bye. Cheers for that. Thank you. And Helen of Falcon has a fig tree in a pot and she's wanting to know how far she should cut it back to get cuttings to propagate. Well, you could take it back right to the trunk mm-hmm. if you wanted to. Uh, they're very forgiving. Do it when it's lost all its leaves. Mm. And just as long as you've got uh, something long enough to take a cutting. Mm-hmm. Like 30 centimetres would be a, a good length cutting for a fig. Mm. Uh, it depends how big the tree in the pot is. But mm. they can be cut back very hard. Mm-hmm. And they love it. Um, that's very true. We've got one that we cannot get rid of no matter how hard we've <laughs> How hard you've tried. tried. <laughs> yep, and we've tried hard. Yeah, it's been yeah. about eight years. Wow. <laughs> on the other hand, if you don't prune them or if you only prune some of the branches, you get what is called a breber crop, and yeah. that is a, a second crop mm-hmm. or an early crop. Mm-hmm. Oh. Very good. What are your, some of your absolute favourite unicorns? Just curious. So for me... Go on, freak us out. I've definitely... I've, the further into collecting I've gotten, yeah. the more expensive of my course. unicorn list yeah. has gotten, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, so right now on the top of my wish list is actually a Alocasia nebula, which is this beautiful pink variegated Alocasia. And the Alocasia right are already very difficult plants to keep alive. Yes. I, ga- I gave them up in my first year of collecting yeah. and only picked it back up in year five of collecting. Yeah. Um, but then you've also got... A lot of variegated Skindapsis varieties coming out at the moment. And for single leaves, you're looking at anywhere between 800 and 2,500 just for single leaves at the moment. Do you know what I bought recently? A Skindapsis Blue Elbow variegated. Oh, my gosh. Mm. And it hurt the wallet? Big time. Absolutely, But totally worth it. Big time. (laughs) I've been eyeing them off and it's been really difficult not to buy them. The Blue Elbow. Mm. And... um. As well, there's a there's a newer type, well, newer in the terms of being more found out about at the moment by the plant community. Um, it's called a Monstera de la Serrata, Burl Marks Flame. And what? Yep, these leaves are just stunning. Say that, say that in our language, but what flame? A Burl Marks Flame. Burl Mark. De la Serrata, yeah. And it, the leaf shape is just so unlike any other mm. Monstera leaf shape. Mm. But I'm going to say that this is going to be one of the you're, top trending. You're, pre- you're predicting that. Yeah, okay. absolutely. That along with mint Monsteras. I've ah. got one. Yes. Mm. So, Me too. Yeah, we, A baby. And they're incredibly slow growing. Mm. Very slow growing. Yeah, we were oh, lucky dear. to get our hands on a couple early. Um, I think it was last year. At the end of last year, we got our hands on a couple Mm. and there was a lot of difficulty apparently with the growth of them, the establishment Mm. of them. There was a lot of loss in the process. Um, But the ones that did survive and the ones that we were able to then acquire for ourselves, so slow in growth. Mm. No matter how big those top leaves were, what we were finding was the roots. The roots really were not producing the way that they would considering how much growth was on the top. Mm, interesting. What's yeah. the answer? I'm not too sure. Patience, I, patience, yeah. I think. Oh, is there a root stimulant? We we definitely use root stimulants. Um, but because it's such, it's a plant that's so new to us, mm. we've been really 
hesitant um, yeah. to, to try the things that we usually would try with other things. Mm. Um, pretty much because we've only got two left at the moment yeah, to, to play risk, around don't with. Yeah. Risk it. Okay, we shall return. And we are back. You're tuned to Let's Talk Gardening now. Trish in Warnbro is asking the name of the product to encourage root growth, please. It was called Holly Shoots. Holly Shoots, and that's actually um, to encourage uh, sorry, shooting, so new growth. For root growth, what we would generally use is HB101 or we use um, cutting cloning solution in the GT range, which is actually a WA uh, produced nutrient. Okay. And we're going to lower chittering. Amanda, good morning. You'd like to talk about totem poles. Um, yes, I would. Thank you for taking my call. Welcome. Uh, just wondering on the best type of construction for totem poles. And also I have another problem with a lot of my totem poles that like to, um, you know, tip over to the side. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what kind of plants are you using? These totem poles that are tipping over to the side, what kind of plants, may I ask, do you have on them? Uh, a lot of philodendrons, so a lot of larger leaf philodendrons, so I suppose they're quite heavy. Okay, and the totem poles that you're using now, are they the core totem poles or are they the moss ones? They're a mixture of, um, I make my own sphagnum moss totem poles and I also have the um, the other type as well that you just buy in the store. Yeah, perfect. Uh, so what I'd suggest, especially because you're making your own ones, which a lot of people don't don't want to go through the hassle of so good on you for doing that um what i would suggest is using maybe a a stake in in through the middle have you tried that at all uh yes i have i use um two stakes on the side and then a stake in the middle as well um, for the ones that i make um they're not so bad uh they don't topple over as much um it's more the uh, sorry what were you saying the coil wrapped ones oh the coral wrapped ones that that tend yeah. to fall over a little bit yeah yeah so that so that will tend to just happen um with the weight of things and to to get them to stop toppling over unfortunately that will end up to being to do with uh how the plant is actually growing so you know how a plant will more so reach towards light one way versus another yeah um kind of rotating the plants will help so that that the core poles will stay a little bit more straight up um but what what we use for a lot of our plants that we find a lot more structurally sound um we get uh i think it's mesh guard gutter guard but it's the um it's the coated stuff it's actually like wire and we use that instead um and you just kind of stuff your uh, spag or cocoa peat whatever you'd like inside and you roll it up tight and just zip tie the back of it those we've found are really really sturdy and they're actually quite easy and cheap to make as well i guess amanda Mm. the other thing is what size are the pots Mm, and i often will put a plastic pot in in a larger ceramic or terracotta pot to give it more stability absolutely and depending on the philodendron um yeah, if you're starting from the beginning, you've got the opportunity to maybe do two plants, one on either yep. side of the pole so you get balance. Some of the smaller, like the Brazilian or um, the Stick ivy leaf. type yeah, things, they're, yeah. They're, there's not a lot of weight in them. But some of the others that will have a 
trunk the size of a 10 or 20 cent yep. piece, they've definitely got more weight and they want to climb and your, your trunk has to be more stable. Yeah. But having a pot that's deep enough so that your stake or pole goes deep enough into it and it's stable in the pot before you start. And I think a lot of that, I look at mine and I think adding a pole after the fact yes. is not as easy as if it's you're doing it from the yeah. beginning and training yeah. it. Yeah, and yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. And yeah. also, Sorry, can I, I mean, if it if it helps as well, if things are just kind of tipping a little bit too much and you're just not at the point that you want to repot or anything, um, retopping with soil, usually you'll find that one side has dipped a lot more and you can you can kind of just delay it, delay that tipping by refilling the soil just on that side. Yeah, okay. And can I just say, someone recommended putting a concrete ring in the bottom, but I thought that would change the pH or that would exude something that the plant wouldn't like. Um, well, it would take up space in the pot. I think it depends on the situation. Uh, and you maybe could put, if you had your outer cover pot, you could put a concrete ring in the bottom, then put your plastic pot in that That's and go down through the bottom of the pot. Mm. That could help as oh, well. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, wonderful. All right, thank you very much. You're what welcome, Amanda. Thank you. It's a problem Bye. we all have. Absolutely. <laughs> and Certainly. Sometimes, depending, you know, some plants, they they just work themselves all around the pole mm -hmm. and they're beautifully balanced mm -hmm. and others mm. only want to be seen from the front. Yep. So they'll, they'll get <laughs> like leaned up by yeah. a pergola post <laughs> and maybe, you know, a little bit of string around that and it's mm. like, all right, you just... Do you stay thing. there? Yeah, you look all right there. Mm. We'll work with mm. you. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's been a lovely show, and we've learned a lot. Thank you, Nikki. And thank you. For we'd love to have me. you back. I think there's so much more that we could have touched on today. Oh, I'd just, love that. Yes, yes, it would be wonderful to have you because it's just such a growth industry. Indoor plants has just gone crazy. It really and is. The uh, community is so huge, so lovely, and so huge. And and so many people out there are so knowledgeable too. Yes, it's just that's been right. blowing me away that there's a lot of specialist gardeners out there that we don't hear from or know about. They're out there. That, that's I exactly found it. Nikki at the Kalamunda oh. <laughs> Garden Festival. I was um, very excited. Time. Well, um, so was I. Yeah, <laughs> especially at pack-up time. And I was like, okay. I need to give you my full attention. Don't worry about the wind. I think it started coming in at oh, that point as yes. well. Yes, weather. Yeah. yeah. Fighting that storm that had held off until late oh, in the so, day. Yeah, that was a very close call. Mm. Yeah, so no, thank you so very, very much. We thank will have you. you back if that's okay. Absolutely. And thank you so much. Uh, yeah, we had a great morning chatting with Mark Widmer, Costa Georgiadis, of course, Say No More. Thanking Bev Daring and John Glidden and thanking you, Faye Akara. Is there anything else? Oh, we have Josh Byrne yes. in the studio next week. Yes, we another, have all the celebs Another here. gardening royal. Yeah, yes. we've had jo very Costa blessed. today, Josh next week. And he will be talking about? Uh, rivers and yeah. sustainability and gardening Australia. Yeah, he's our very own local guru. Yeah, absolutely. Cannot wait. Okay, George Minoldi is next with the classic 60s and my gardenism for the morning is autumn leaves don't fall, they fly. They take their time and wander on this, their only chance to soar. Now, happy Mother's Day to every mum out there for tomorrow and in particular to my best friend, who is my mum, Vyshaw. Love you dearly. Love to everybody. Take care. Enjoy your weekend and happy gardening. Cheers for now. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.